0: I'd like to take the time this morning to continue on with some of the thoughts that I've been sharing over the past month or maybe two months, and that's on the, the subject of the virtuous woman, and the Lord still has those things on my mind, and I want to continue with that. Uh, I don't, uh, in, in the name of time and to be a good steward of the time that I have in the pulpit this morning and to keep from boring you to death, I don't want to review everything <clears throat> that we've talked about so far, but I do encourage you. Uh, to go back when they get uploaded on the podcast and start um, listening to some of those on the podcast, not because they're uh, good, just because what I'm saying today will make a whole lot more sense if you've heard the other things. But in 20 minutes, I don't have time to go back through all those. But I do want to mention just a few things uh, that we have covered just to kind of lay a little bit of groundwork. If you remember, we talked about the virtuous woman. We talked about uh, in Proverbs 31 is where you'll find these things if you want to turn there, that the word virtuous uh, carries the notion of a force. And virtue is a quality that is a forced force to be reckoned with uh, by the powers of darkness. You think about something like prayer. Prayer is a weapon against the powers of darkness. Uh, uh, the The powers of darkness have to fight against a praying saint. That's a weapon. Uh, somebody that's uh, that's you know stays in the Bible and the Word of God, and they're able to uh, to meditate on the Word of God. That's a force that the powers of darkness have to reckon with. Meaning that. When you find somebody that is studying the scripture and you find somebody that is in prayer, they are it's a more difficult battle for the powers of darkness to overcome them than somebody that's over here that hasn't given a second thought to prayer or the Bible. Well, in the same way, the quality of virtue, somebody that is expressing the quality of virtue, that is also something that the forces of darkness have to reckon with. So that's what the word virtuous means. It's a force Uh, And and we talked about it being kind of like an army and we talked about the qualities of a good soldier and how a good soldier has to have many qualities to be a good soldier. He can't just have one particular quality. And that's why the Lord gave us in his word many, many, many qualities of a virtuous woman. So when you find a woman who is emitting virtue in her life, you find something that the devil looks at and says, hmm, that's, you know, we can go after her. We can go after the, the, the household that she looks after But it's not going to be easy. And that's how I hope all of our women, what I hope all of our women strive to be is a woman of virtue. Because as I mentioned in the past, a society that has women who strive to be virtuous is a society that is far better off than a society that does not have virtuous women in them. So I encourage all of you women. To strive to be this I'll also say this in somewhat of a review is just because we are talking about a woman here doesn't mean everybody else can tune out because you could you could just as easily apply these to a virtuous man but the Bible has written this as a woman but if you're a man you need to know what a virtuous woman looks like one because if you're not married you need to be looking for those qualities in a woman. And uh, you know, fathers need to know what virt- the qualities of a virtuous woman so he can teach his children. And a, a wife certainly needs to know them so she can become that person. And a young woman who's looking uh, in the future to be married needs to know them so she can become those. So this sermon is not just for women. It's for everybody. We started in verse 10. It says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he... Sh- so that he shall have no need of spoil those are the two verses that we've covered already in verse 12 and that's the verse i want to cover today it says she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life now when you read through the bible oftentimes you will find the word evil when you think about the word evil you know you may think of like a vampire and somebody dressed in you know black clothes and fangs and all that kind of stuff certainly that sounds kind of evil But oftentimes in the Bible, when you find the word evil, it simply means trouble. You will find that the Lord uh, regrets some of the trouble, some of the evil, he says. He says, it repenteth me of the evil that I have brought upon them. He doesn't mean that he did something evil to them. It just says, I caused trouble for them. And he is righteous in doing that. Uh, And if you read in, uh, I believe it's the the book of 1 Samuel, find that the Lord sends an evil spirit to trouble Saul, now the Lord didn't go over to a demon and say, "'Hey, demon, I need to work with you, and I want to use your wickedness to go over here and cause trouble for Saul. It just means that he sent a spirit from himself, the spirit of God, that came over and troubled Saul, maybe as a chastisement for the way Saul was behaving. So sometimes when you read the word evil, don't necessarily think of just some, uh, think of wickedness, sometimes it just means trouble. Now, it says here. That she will do him evil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You know, there's an old saying that goes something like this. It says, don't go looking for trouble because trouble will find you, right? And my goodness, is that not the truth? Some days when I get up and I do my very best to avoid trouble, the next thing you know, you find you've got trouble. Because trouble is looking for you. You find yourself maybe with a flat tire, you find yourself with a sinus cold, or you find yourself with all types of trouble. Trouble is going to find you no matter how carefully you step. Sometimes trouble can find you just simply that you are in the path of somebody that is absolutely determined to be mean and rude and ugly that day. Have you ever been that person? You ever been just going along and all of a sudden you find yourself interacting with somebody that's just bitter and harsh towards you and they have no reason? Trouble found you. So we don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble is certainly going to find us. But here's what I want you to think about. When trouble finds you, or maybe you've caused your own trouble, which is a, lot of, a problem that, that we have a lot of times. When trouble finds you, I want you to think about the effects that that trouble has on your mind. Now, there are people out there I know that thrive on Chaos. And when everything is in order and everything is at peace, that seems to be when they're the unhappiest. And they go looking for chaos. They thrive on chaos and they thrive on trouble. Trouble. I don't want to be that person. I want to be like Paul said. I want to live a quiet and peaceable life. And when trouble does come my way, it weighs really heavy on my mind. And it affects me. Sometimes, uh, you know, my family will amen this till the cows come home. Sometimes I can be in the room with them, and I can be uh, present there, and we can be eating dinner together, but if I have troublesome things on my mind, I might as well be a million miles away. You ever felt like that? Because trouble gets on your mind, and you think about it, and you kind of analyze it, and you're thinking, what am I going to do next, what am I going to do next? And you kind of snap out and think, man, I'm sitting here at the table with my family. We should be laughing and having a good time and talking to one another but I'm just kind of sitting here kind of sour because i got all this trouble on my mind. That's what trouble does. Trouble affects our mind and it takes us away. It distracts us from being the type of person that God intended us to be. Now, when you think about people throughout the Bible that, that cause some trouble for their family, there's a tons of them. And for you women, you can amen this if you want to. Most of the time when you find somebody causing trouble for their family, it's Men. Men brought a lot of trouble to their families at times. I had to kind of dig and dig and dig to find examples of women causing trouble for their family. But I found a few, but I'm just going to give you one of them. In Genesis, the 31st chapter, you've got the story of Jacob, who has married Rachel and Leah. And Rachel was his love, and you can go back, and I don't have time to go through all of those things. But he's married this woman named Rachel, and he is working for a man named Laban who is, who is Rachel's father. And he works for 14 years to, for the hand of Rachel, and he works so many more years to, to obtain some cattle from him. and So he works for Laban a long time. And he's, he's married Rachel, and, and uh, there's, you know, he has children. And so, uh, you know, Laban now has grandchildren through Jacob and Rachel and Leah and, and all that. And so, Jacob is a big part of, of, of Laban's life. And one day, Jacob decides, it's time for us to go, it's time for us to leave. And so, they load up everything. He doesn't go to Laban and say, hey, we're, we're leaving now. He, he does in a sneaky kind of way, he sneaks off and, and he takes all of his possessions and all of these things away. And Laban comes back and he finds that they're gone. And Laban gets to looking around and he realizes that the gods, little G, that he had in his household are missing. And he gets very upset about it. Well, what has happened is when they're all packing up to leave, Rachel steals them. Rachel steals those idols and she hides them. And they're, they've gone on a pretty far away uh, on their journey. And all of a sudden, Laban realizes what has happened. And he gets all of his men and all of his people. And he comes like a crazy army coming after them. And he finally catches up with them. And he gets really upset. And he goes through all of this. He, he goes through searching everybody's bags. And him and Jacob get into a big uh, big argument about the whole thing. And Rachel has hidden these idols. And uh, the Bible says, basically like in a saddlebag. Of the of the camel that she had there, and she's able to to sneak away without Laban finding out about it. But I want you to think about that that moment. Here Jacob is just kind of you know going along on his journey. And he's got all his possessions and all this all this stuff, and all of a sudden he hears the sounds of uh, horses coming and camels coming and men yelling and screaming. Stop! Wait! Wait! And the next thing you know, Jacob has found himself in a face-to-face yelling match argument with Laban. Because Laban is accusing him of being a thief and stealing his idols. Well, what brought that upon Jacob? Rachel did. Rachel brought trouble into the household of Jacob because she stole something. Now, the Bible says a quality of a virtuous woman is that she will do him good and not evil. She will not bring trouble into that household. Now, I started to think back about all the trouble that I brought into my household, especially when I was a kid growing up. And, you know, for some reason, the only, the only example I could think of that, that, that I wanted to share was uh, I remember one time I was probably in the fifth or sixth grade and I was sitting beside a kid. He might listen to this podcast one day. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? And I was sitting beside this kid and he had a rat tail. Does anybody remember what a rat tail is? Yeah. I don't know if, if, if kids nowadays would remember, but, and it's kind of hard to explain, but it looked like a rat's tail coming out of the back of your head. But down where your hair stopped, they would cut the hair off kind of straight, except for one, you know, one long piece of hair. You know, maybe it might be 20 or 30 strands, but you know, hair comes across and it looked like a rat tail. And I was sitting beside this kid one day, and I was just kind of in a, caught in a stare looking at his rat tail, and for some reason, I don't know if it was the Spirit of God or the devil, I just had this notion to cut that rat tail off. And so I reached in my, my little desk there and I pulled these scissors out. And when he wasn't looking, I just one swipe and it just kind of floated, floated down. we well, come to find out this rat tail was his family's pride and joy. So one day my parents are just living their life and all is good and ring, ring. Guess who's calling them? It's the principal of the school. And I was sick that day. I remember when I was sick that day, and, and the principal said, "Listen, this is what he's done, and and you know it's a, bit, it's a big issue. I've got this mama hollering and screaming at me that your boys cut her boys' rat tail and all that stuff." I wonder deep down if my dad was like that boy, <laughs> but he didn't act like it. And he said, "Uh, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm, we're gonna have to whoop him." That's what the principal said. He probably didn't say whoop, but that's what he meant. We're gonna have to whoop him. He needs a whipping. And my dad said, "Well, no." He said, if he's going to get a whipping, I'm going to give it to him. And so we loaded up and we drove to the principal's office and we walked in the principal's office. And my dad gave me the worst whipping I've ever had in my life. Right in front of the, I remember there was a blue leather chair and I sat down and I just felt like I was sizzling. He had got me so good. I don't cut hair anymore. But you get my point. Mom and dad just be bopping along and what shows up at their doorstep? Trouble. And who brought trouble? I did. I brought trouble into my home that day because of something I did, because of my actions. Now, I want you to think for just a second, what are some ways that you can bring trouble into your home? Because the Bible tells us when the virtuous woman shows up at the door, she's not going to be carrying trouble. How do you, how do you bring trouble into your home? Well, again, I analyzed myself. What about complaining? Have you ever thought about that? you ever thought about how a complaining attitude brings trouble into a home i can think of times that i've come home from work and maybe i've had a bad day or whatever something you know something's irritated me and i I pull up the driveway and as i pull up the driveway i can see tiffany standing in the driveway the kids are standing in the driveway and they are jumping up and down like i'm the greatest celebrity in the world that's a good feeling and i pull up and they are so excited that dad's home and, we, and I open the door and they come piling in the truck door. And guess what I've brought home? A sour complaining attitude about the things I've had to deal with that day. And after a minute or two of me talking, Tiffany said, hey, how was your day? And, blah, 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 and I start just vomiting out, complaining. You can feel that spirit of peace just evacuate the room. Because I brought trouble to my home by complaining. And the happy-go-lucky, fun, peacefulness that they were experiencing is now gone because I showed up with a suitcase full of complaining that brought trouble to my home. What about financial trouble? That's certainly something that we can bring to our home, financial trouble. You know what, if there's a person that, and I've been this person before. And you know, I got two speeding tickets in two weeks one time. And I brought a financial bird to my family when we didn't really have the money at the time to pay those tickets. That's a way we can bring trouble into our home. What about relationships? My goodness. One of the ways I see a lot of trouble getting into homes nowadays is through the relationships and how we deal with other people. You know what's one of the, wor- one of the things that will get you more trouble in this world? It sits in your mouth and it's called your tongue your mouth and the things that you say or the things that you type can get you in a world of trouble sometimes people may get on facebook or they may send some text or they may just be out gossiping about this that this that and the other and they do what I like to call stir up a wolf's nest and the next thing you know, they've got 50 people that are mad about this and can't believe they said that. And I'm blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, maybe that woman comes home and you, the husband says, hey, how was your day? Well, I got 12 people mad at me and I'm mad at them. And she's throwing th- things and stomping her foot. And all of a sudden, this husband's like, where did this come from? She brought trouble into her home because of maybe a gossiping tongue or maybe because some some uh, unbridled typing on Facebook and trouble came into the home. What about irresponsibility? Being irresponsible. And just because you're not married, don't tune me out. Being irresponsible can bring trouble into our homes, right? I can remember one time that uh, most of y'all know I've got a dentist office down the road here. And, you know, uh, you know, it is a business and that's how I make my living. And because of that, I have to somewhat monitor um, you know, how often a patient misses an appointment. Because when a patient misses an appointment... I still have to pay my staff for that moment that they're not there to do that. So you can lose money very quickly when you have somebody that chronically doesn't show up. So we have to monitor that. If it gets to a point where uh, they're not showing up enough, we just have to say, hey, listen, we can't see you anymore. Not to be ugly, not to be intolerant, but, you know, I just can't afford to have you as a patient. You know, I'm I'm losing money every time you don't show up. We had this one person one time. They missed about six appointments. Two is usually the, the cutoff, but I gave him six. And I sent him a letter, basically saying, a certified letter, saying, hey, we can't see you anymore. And it was a woman. And this woman called me the day after she got the letter, and she was very upset. And she said, I, and she, was, she was not upset at me, she was calling to apologize. But she said, I want you to know when we got that letter, my husband and I fought all afternoon about that because he was so mad at me that now we've got this dentist right down the road and, and we can't go there anymore. We've got to drive 25 miles to Tuscaloosa and 25 miles back and it's a lot of more of an inconvenience. He said, we have fought all afternoon about that. Well, you know what happened? That husband's just bebopping, bebopping along and all of a sudden he's got trouble to deal with. And they argue all afternoon about it. And I told her, I said, okay, that's fine. You can come back, but you know, one, one more and we're done. And she hadn't missed one since, thankfully. But you see, you get my point. Trouble was brought into that home. I, I had another patient uh, just a couple weeks ago that this child came in, and almost every tooth in their head was rotten. It was awful. It was awful. And the dad was with the child. And I just, I just asked the dad, I said, dad, I said, I just got to ask, how, how did it get to this point? And this is what he told me. He said, he said, well, I work a lot. And he said, I trusted that my wife was taking care of these things. And I realized now that she wasn't. That's funny because that was right after I preached on the verse, uh, the heart of her husband, that safely trusting in her. Well, this particular man didn't have insurance and I had to refer him to a, to a specialist and, and and if he fixes his child's teeth, it's gonna be thousands upon thousands of dollars that they may not even have. Well, what did that what did that woman bring to that home? She brought trouble. I bet they argued about that till the cows came home and then she brought financial trouble. The Bible says a virtuous woman will do her husband and her family and her father and her boyfriend good. And she will not be one that brings trouble into that home or into that relationship. Let me give you this one. Another way you can bring trouble into the home is being somebody that is easily offended. And I wanted to to mention that one because we live in a world where everybody is easily offended. Brother Sam Bryant said something one time that I wrote down in my Bible. I'll never forget it. He said, we need to be too humble to be offended. Too humble to be offended. In Isaiah twenty nine twenty one. this is a verse that says, speaking of the wicked, it says, that make a man an offender for a word. How many times do you see somebody on the news being just totally crucified because of something they said? Sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. People make a man, people make a man an offender for a word. And it says, and they lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate. And turn aside the just for a thing of naught. We make mountains out of molehills in 2020, right? right? We make mountains out of molehills. There's no such thing anymore as, you know what, you were out of line, but you apologize to me. It's forgiven and forgotten. That's right. There's, that doesn't exist hardly anymore. It's always, you have offended me. How dare you? I've got my feathers ruffled and I'm going to take my ruffled feathers into my home and I'm going to kick and throw a fit about what has happened to me. It happens on a national level, certainly, but it also happens on a small level. But the virtuous woman is the, virtue, is the type of woman that Brother Sam talked about. She's too humble to be offended. She's okay knowing she's the only one that's right. She doesn't have to blast her opinions out through there. And she's not a loud and stubborn woman. She is a peaceful, quiet woman. The Bible says here that she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You know, the trouble that a 10 year old can bring to the family, to a home, is not necessarily the same trouble that a 60 year old can bring. And I have said this before, and I encourage you, especially you younger ones, young men, if you're looking for a wife and you see a pretty girl over here who has brought tons of trouble into her home that her mother and father have to deal with I caution you I caution you about marrying that type of woman I don't care how pretty she is or if you're a young lady I want you to evaluate the relationship you have with your father are your poor grades and your lazy efforts bringing trouble into the home is your lack of completing tasks that you're supposed to complete bringing trouble into the home? Is your irresponsibility or you you being disorganized and you can't ever find anything and you're perpetually late? Is that bringing trouble into your home? I know those things sound petty sometimes. But listen, we can't afford in the day that we live in to give away any of the peace of mind we have. Because it's pretty rare to have peace of mind in, now, in, in today's time. So I want you to think about that over the next week here. The virtuous woman is not a source of, and she is not a gateway for trouble to get into her home. She is a beacon of stability. She is a beacon of peace in her home. And I'm thankful, I I, I, I don't want to brag on Tiffany through this whole series, but she does such a good job of it, it's hard not to. She doesn't bring trouble into our home. Most of the trouble that comes through our home comes through me. But she doesn't bring trouble into my home. And when I show up at the end of the day or when I call her during the middle of the day or whatever, our, you know, whatever wherever we are in life, she is a beacon of peace and stability. And she is not bringing trouble to me that's going to rob me of, the, of my mind's time when I need to be thinking on other things. I hope that makes sense to y'all. I hope it hadn't sounded too harsh, I sure didn't mean it to. But I encourage all of you to, to study through these qualities of the virtuous woman. She will do him good and not evil all the days of your life, all the days of his life. If you're a young man and you see a girl that is bringing peace and joy and stability to her home, marry that girl. But they are rare. That's why the Bible says that her price is far above rubies. And that we are to seek her out because they're not on every corner. But when I think about the virtuous women and the virtuous young ladies that I know, the vast majority of them are part of this church. And I'm so thankful for that. So thank you, fathers and mothers, for teaching it. Thank you, young ladies, for being it. And young men, you ought to be so thankful that there's so many of them around you. I hope that's been profitable to you. And please pray for Brother Tim as he comes.